This is reporter Jillian Farmer, and today on New Project Media's Interconnections podcast, we have Mark Gabriel, president and CEO of Colorado-based United Power, to talk about its separation from Tri-State and upcoming renewable energy procurement. Mark Gabriel is a 25-year veteran in the electric utility business, and prior to United Power, who served as administrator and CEO of the Western Area Power Administration and as acting president at the Electric Power Research Institute, where he led a nationwide effort known as the Electricity Sector Framework for the Future. He is also the author of the Indie award-winning book, Visions for Sustainable Energy Future. And upon joining United Power in March, Gabriel took over energy negotiations with the cooperative's wholesale power provider, Tri-State GNT, and together with staff developed a 10-year plan providing direction for the future of the co-op. Mark, thank you for uh, joining the podcast. Uh, we're excited to talk with you. Um, yeah, it's my pleasure. To kick off, why don't you tell me about United Power in terms of structure and how many ratepayers it has? Sure. Well, you know, we're, we're a rural electric co-op, so we don't have ratepayers. We actually have uh, member owners. And uh, this year, we were the 31st uh, cooperative in the nation to reach 100,000 meters representing roughly 300,000 of, of our members. Um, and in fact, uh, we're at 103,000, a little bit over uh, at, the, at the close of 2021. Um, we were founded back in 1940 with, I think, seven or 800 members. And so have grown pretty dramatically. We're the largest uh, co-op by, by uh, uh, electric demand in uh, the state of Colorado. Um, smallest by geography, ironically enough, uh, just uh, uh, northeast and west of the Denver airport for those who fly in all that growth that you see. And um, we are, are, are proud of where we are and uh, growing like crazy. Yeah, can you tell me about United Power's relationship uh, to Tri-State? Sure, well, Tri-State uh, GNT has been our generation and transmission provider for a number of years. We were one of the, the founding members. Uh, of that, we are one of 42 remaining members in the GNT. And historically, the rural electric cooperatives, because they were pretty small, rolled up to this GNT business model. Uh, we have recently, as, a, as of December 14th, uh, announced our decision to depart from uh, Tri-State uh, for a number of reasons, but not, not the least of which is economic. And I want to make sure that we can serve our members who uh, tend to be younger and wealthier uh, than many rural electric co-ops uh, in the nation, uh, who have you know, made obvious decisions to uh, pursue things like solar electric vehicles, their own uh, battery storage. So it's, uh, it's, it's moving upward and onward. And can you talk about why the decision was made uh, to break away from Tri-State? Was their trust broken? And if so, who broke it? I want to call it, I don't think it's a trust issue. I think uh, first and foremost, it's an economics issue. Uh, Tri-State is uh, not an inexpensive uh, GNT. And, you know, we at first and foremost, for our member owners, want to make sure that the economics are always right. Uh, we know that there are other options in the marketplace uh, to buy power. Uh, that's really first and foremost. We pay, as, as the largest member of Tri-State, we're nearly 20% of their business. 
therefore pay 20% of their overhead and 20% of all costs. And that's over and above what we would pay for power and transmission, which you obviously have to pay for no matter what. Um, the next biggest is 8%, then behind that is 5%. So we pay a disproportionate amount of the overheads of that organization. That, that's sort of the second issue. Uh, the third issue is we really need to look at moving towards a lower carbon future. Uh, 7,200 of our members have already made the decision by putting solar panels on their rooftops. Uh, we have uh, nearly a little over 4,000 of our members have made a decision to move to electric vehicles. Um, and of course, we've got 46 megawatts of our own generation. And one of the real challenges for us is that we are limited under our current contract with our GMT to just 5% of our power. Uh, from other sources. And that's really a, a collar and a constraint. It means that I can't even invest in my own service territory to bring more low, low carbon resources here. I can't even put more storage on for, low, for, for my own members and keep the dollars in the community. Why was that, that contract so restrictive to that percentage? You know, that comes before my time here. Uh, but historically, if you think about the industry going back, you know, 40, 50 years, uh, contracts were created to pay for big, large central station plants, coal plants, natural gas plants, nuclear plants in some cases. And so it became a requirement, virtually what we call all requirements. Now, the world has changed. As I said, we're sitting here with 84 megawatts of, of renewable generation in our service territory already, and a growing number of our members want other alternatives. That, of course, the cost of, of solar and wind and storage and other technologies have come down. So, you know, history is one thing for long-term contracts. The reality of what's happening in the in the energy industry across the country and across the globe is another. And right now, those two things are in conflict. And even though United Power will no longer be a member of Tri-State after January 1st, 2024, will it remain as a non-member under the open access uh, transformation and transmission tariff? Uh, and why is that if it, if it does? Well, well, absolutely. I mean, to think about transmission more like long distance telephone used to be, right? Um, just because you are a member of or let's say just because you had an AT&T contract for long distance, it, it didn't mean that you couldn't have another telephone provider. And OAT is where the nation has gone based on FERC order 888, Federal Energy Regulatory Commission, which basically said transmission is an open resource that needs to be paid for proportionally. We certainly believe that Tri-State's got a tremendous transmission system and will continue to monitor and manage through that transmission system. And uh, Tri-State made the announcement last week that it's committed to retiring coal plants. Uh, what is your response to that? And does it change United Power's position? We applaud the retirement of coal plants. And this is quite candidly for me, not an environmental issue, but an economic one. Coal today is just not economic anymore, driven quite frankly by low cost natural gas, as well as the availability of other resources. We applaud it. It's really just a time question from my perspective. Uh, closing plants in eight, 10, and 12 years is kind of far out into the future. 
when we've got lower cost resources that we can bring to our members. We have resources that our members and others can have right within the local community, which help builds resilience uh, to the grid and, uh, and, and helps manage reliability. Again, we're 100% supportive. I've personally worked in coal over my nearly 30 year career. This is not uh, anti-coal. This is pro the right economics for our members. Wow, perfect. And in uh, United Power's move to break away it has to procure new power. Uh, if you are looking to enter utility scale PPAs, design build transfer, what's your preference for the new generation? Well, we're going to have, uh, th this is really an open book right now. We're going to be going out with an RFP uh, to seek various alternatives. Uh, my belief is will include some no carbon resources or low carbon resources. It will include some storage. It will include some natural gas. Um, you, you know, it's become commonplace to say in all of the above strategy, but we really do need that for resilience, reliability, and affordability. So uh, my sense is we will be going out uh, and, and looking at a number of options from a number of vendors. Do you uh, see United Power putting out an RFQ uh, to see what is out there? I know you mentioned in a previous interview that uh, United Power did put an RFQ out a couple of years ago. Correct. So uh, we will be going out. My, uh, it's hard to get nailed down to exact timeline, but sometime in the next three to six months. Uh, several years ago, I believe it was 2019, uh, United Power went out for an RFP and was very successful, or an RFI rather. Um, and where people were uh, uh, giving us some, some very good prices. Uh, of course, things have changed a bit, uh, but we anticipate going out in the next three to six months and looking for a variety of partners to work with. Uh, we're also excited about the fact that uh, we anticipate a, mar a, a market to be here, an RTL of some sort by 2024. Uh, that will time very well with our belief of where the future lies. Uh, FERC order 2222, for example, encourages uh, distribution utilities to be the aggregators of distributed energy resources. And as I said, we've got quite a bit already of distributed energy resources. So we see that really playing very well into our timing, as well as our power supply needs. Do you know how big the procurement uh, will need to be? How many megawatts? Well, uh, the answer is not exactly. Um, this past summer, we had a 578 megawatt peak. So that gives some kind of a, a, uh, an indication of where we'll go. Uh, but we continue to grow. We added 4,600 new meters this, just this past year uh, on top of 4,200 the year before. And as we look out ahead, we're gonna be in that four to 5,000 meter range for the next several years. That, and of course, we've got a very uh, active oil and gas business. There's 5,300 oil and gas wells in our service territory. And so we're also looking at some new technologies which allow generation of electricity on site for those oil and gas wells. So um, we, we've got a growing load and one that I believe is going to continue for the next several years. Perfect. And uh, you mentioned also in uh, our previous interview that the RFP timeline, um, you might have more of a, a picture of when that might be released um, in the next couple of weeks. Um, is that still? That's still the case. Again, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to hedge a little bit and say in the next three to six months, only because putting those RFPs together take time. 
Uh, we've got meetings with our board to decide what does that look like? Is it a single vendor? Is it multiple vendors? Uh, how does that timeline play out? But clearly it is one of the five or six big issues we have to tackle in the next uh, 23 months as we move towards independence. And again, Tri-State could very well be one of our, our vendors in this, uh, in this new model. They certainly have capacity, excess capacity, in fact. And uh, we're looking forward to uh, continuing to, to partner with them as need be. And uh, has United Power begun talks with in-state developers or developers such as Apex, Nextera, or Long Road? Um, I, I don't want to mention a specific developer, but we have had several conversations with, with developers, um, more every day. Uh, we're, we're, we're a large and growing load in Colorado, and I anticipate um, a, a variety of folks will want to work with us uh, as we look towards this new energy future. And uh, can you talk about United Power's uh, energy portfolio a little more? It sounds like some of the members um, have been putting on uh, solar. Can you talk about how many and uh, how you envision the growth for that? Sure. Well, right now, our total renewable generation, as of the end of last year, is roughly 84 megawatts. Uh, and, and that's about 14% of our capacity. And again, gated by that 5% of energy. We've got 46 megawatts of utility scale solar in our system. We've got Colorado's largest uh, battery, a four megawatt uh, Tesla battery uh, that sits in our Carbon Valley facility. Uh, as I mentioned, we have 7,200 uh, solar rooftops, people with net metering, uh, roughly another hundred or so of our members who've added their uh, Tesla power walls. Now, and a variety of technologies that are coming in. So I, our portfolio is continuing to grow. And I, I imagine it will grow like this into the future as folks look at low carbon and no carbon options. And uh, for other members of Tri-State right now, do you believe they, they might follow in United Power's footsteps um, in this direction? Well, I, I will let them speak for themselves um, in particular, but when we filed in December, um, uh, two, at least two other members have filed for their, their intention to depart. And again, I think it's important to recognize this is done on behalf of our members, looking at economics, number one, number two, really keeping money, dollars in our communities and making sure that what we do is, is fair and, and equitable for all of our members. Thank you. And then uh, how do you feel about United Power's new direction? How do you uh, feel that this move will benefit or change the utility? Well, again, as, uh, I'm now an 11 month veteran here at United Power. And I, I'm one of the reasons I took the job was for the great insight and foresight that my predecessors have had supported by our very, very actively by our board of directors. Look, we're entering a new energy future. Uh, we used to talk about the grid being a one-way grid from the utility to the member or customer. Then we talked about a two-way grid. I actually think we're moving to a grid with a thousand points of light. And how do we take advantage of the fact that there's 4,200 electric vehicles out there that, by the way, we don't control their, their charging yet. Uh, we did do a pilot this year with 600 folks signed up with their Nest thermostats for, for distribution distributed energy management. And we've got more and more folks who want to take control over their energy destiny. 
And I think the future for United Power and for many utilities is how do we continue to provide this valuable role to our, our members and our communities by really being the gateway to the options that they have for making their own decisions. And that's, that's a change, much in the way that computing today is distributed, right? We, we have our Apple watches or our laptops or our iPhones or any one of, you know, even our refrigerators, right? Went to the internet. We have to, in the future for the energy business, figure out how to provide that network, that gateway, so that our members can make decisions for their own needs and, and that meet the right economics. Perfect, thank you. And uh, Mark, those were my questions. Is there anything you would like to add? No, I, I, just a couple of quick points. I, I think that it's important for folks to understand our decision uh, to leave our GNT was really based on the benefit of our members. And this is not, uh, <coughs> we're not uh, anti-GNT, we're not doing anything other than to make sure that we meet the needs of our members, that the economics are right, and that we continue to position ourselves for the future. Mark, thank you so much. And uh, this is Jillian Farmer with uh, New Project Media. Uh, thank you for listening.